welcome to the Creepy Campfire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And Jordan. So, in this one, we're going to bring you another Urban Legends episode. Now, Jordan, you, you actually were a little unclear on what these episodes were kind of supposed to be, what the focus of them was, right? Yes, this was this was your... Uh your birth brain thing of this yes yeah. there you go brain child and you were you were you weren't able to join us with the last one but you're you're back mm-hmm. um so let well we should we should probably break that down again for any new listeners on what this is versus our regular episodes yeah we're just trying to put as much content out there as possible but quality quality of course but quantity is a thing as well so yeah so with our normal episodes, we try to dig in a little deeper we try to get what facts we can to you we care you know more about the dates Mm-hmm. actual names and, and places and things like that minute details with these urban legends episodes we just want to kind of the the show's called creepy campfire so we want to just take kind of a break and get more into just simpler campfire stories that you would actually tell that you don't really need the details too much but you're like man that was really weird that was, that was a pretty good story mm-hmm. no matter how factual it is it was a good story and we'll provide some facts and we'll we'll shoot some holes in it yeah, and with these, we really want some listener interaction. So if you guys uh, want want us to do an Urban Legends episode for your area, you just let us know. For right now, we're just kind of rotating around around the United States mm-hmm. to where our, our most popular listener states are. Uh, where which, we are the most popular. <laughs> yes, I guess. California, which we already knocked out. It's our biggest so far. But our second, uh, which is New York, actually got upset at last minute by Illinois. Uh, but we already planned this one out, so New Yorker, you're getting yours this week. And the next time, who knows, maybe... Illinois maybe is on state. the rise. But we're we're not strictly going going down the order of, of who listens the most. Um, if, if you email us and you're like, hey, I'm from Wyoming, and we only have one listen in Wyoming, but you're interacting with us, hey, mm-hmm. we, we appreciate that, and we want to give you guys what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, so this one, Jordan, why don't you tell us at least what we are talking about today? So, we're looking into the Kinderhook Blob, and it's a, I'm not sure if it's a cryptid per se. I don't know. Not it's weird. It's somewhere, there's a lot of things it could be, and we'll we'll break that down when we get into it, but. but it's a good campfire story monster. Yeah. It sounds like a, a 50s monster a blob. movie. Yeah. Or Anything like the, blob. Or the thing or something like that. Yeah. Especially vague enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very vague. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna hop right into it. We got a couple of different eyewitness uh, testimonies. Um, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with the third one, and this was during the '60s, 1960s. So you're gonna start with the third one? No, start with the first one. Did I say start with the third one? You did. So we have I, three I, stories for you guys. <laughs> we got three of them. We got three eyewitness accounts. We're gonna start with the first one, not the third one. Do them in order. Uh, so first one was in the '60s, apparently. Um, in the Kinderhook, Kinderhook is. Oh, before we jump into this, I just want to give credit where credits due. Yeah. Um, and the main source we're using for this is Cryptopia.us. Mm. Uh, great mm-hmm. website. I shout out. I I found out about it doing research. A lot of places had had similar. Um, they all said similar things, mm-hmm. uh, but this one just gave a real good detailed account, so uh, we just wanted to give them a quick shout-out. And actually, I recently found out the people that run that site also run a podcast. So you should check it out. Check their podcast out. They're pretty funny. Uh, just give them credit where credit's due. Which one is – which podcast is that? Cryptonauts. 
Cryptonauts. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not the one that you showed me um, with the three guys from the UK, right? No, that is Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Weird Another Tales. great one. Okay. So we're, we're drawn from, yeah. from multiple sources here. Um, okay. That having been said. Um, okay. So in the 60s, there were no less than six eyewitnesses that claimed to see a floating, ghostly, blob-like creature that was so intimidating that two armed men fled from it in mortal terror. Quote, unquote. Um, the strange tale of this unique apparition begins in the forest surrounding Kinderhook, New York, which is a small town whose name literally translates to Children's Corner. I wonder whose idea that was. Kinderhook. Where, where does that originate from, I wonder? Dutch. Oh, there we go. Dutch settlers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not far from a lake of the same name. I guess that's Kinderhook Lake, I'm, assume. I'm assuming. Um, I wonder, wonder if it's good fishing there. Huh? I wonder if it's good fishing good there. Good fishing? Yeah. yeah. We've got to go fishing again. Uh, accounts I've come across... Oh, so accounts um, come across regarding the anomalous animal is... Are, are there, there are at times contradictory. Um, the dates are a little hard to confirm. The dates are... It, the first two accounts, they're pretty, uh, I don't want to say accurate. Um, everyone agrees on them, pretty much. Uh, yeah. the, the third one has got a pretty weird gap in it, but we'll, we'll elaborate when we get there on that. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so the date's being a little more difficult to confirm, um, but we do know that the initial event um, involving that being occurred in 1962. The first report of the creature comes from an author and New York State Library genealogist, Bruce Hallenbeck. That's a pretty official title. Yeah. Like, that's a no-nonsense uh, kind New of title. New York State Library genealogist. Gene- well, I think that's how you say it, genealogist? Yeah, genealogist. genealogist. I need to look up what that refers to. Um, well, isn't it like, um, like, like genealogy, like your ancestry? Oh, just like historian kind of... Yeah, that's what I, that's what I believe. Sort of thing. Could be totally wrong. And I was, thinking of, gene, I was thinking of Gene in a different way, um, like scientifically. But yeah. Uh, okay, so Hallenbeck, when he was a 10-year-old boy, he and his cousin were frolicking in the woods behind his mm. parents' house. I love that word, frolicking. Nothing like a good frolic. <laughs> uh, especially in the woods. Takes uh, the stress <laughs> right out of the day. <laughs> Until you encounter a amorphous blob floating. Um <laughs> So they were frolicking in the woods behind his parents' house when they both saw something they would never forget. He would record this bizarre event. Hallenbeck would record this bizarre event um, years later in 1992. Wait, it took him 30 years to record that? Well, I mean, he was a respected man at the New York State Library. I mean, I get that he was 10 when it happened, but he was 40 when he finally... Well, but like, how many things do you think back when, when you were 10... And you're like, I don't know if I really saw that. Or was I making that up? Well, I mean, I had a Halloween thing when I was 15, and I can't that's I can't 15. be sure that, well, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, not as developmental stage, but still, memories, memory can be... Uh, and plus, like, when disturbing. you're 10, especially I feel in the 60s, mm-hmm. and you see an amorphous blob floating through the woods or whatever it was, like, however it was moving. High or? Well, it's just like you go home, who's the first person you're going to tell? You're going to tell your parents first. Oh, yeah. And they're going to say, no, you didn't. Stop lying. Stop telling people that. So you're going to stop telling people that. True. And then you're going to think back on it and think. And then after 30 years of thinking on it, you're like, maybe I did see something. I'm going to write about it. Yeah. I'm going to write about it because I saw it. i got to tell people, man. 
Um, that book that he wrote about his account encounter um, was called Monsters of the North Woods. And uh, this is a quote from it um, that Hallenbeck wrote. He was he said that when he was 10 years old, he was up in the woods behind his house with his cousin, Cherry. Ch- Chari, Sherry? Who was, Sherry? Sherry? Who was then seven. And they both heard a really high-pitched whistle noise. Uh, so the children looked in the direction of the strange sound and were shocked to see what he later described as a white object peering at him from behind a nearby pine tree. When I think of a high-pitched whistling in that moment, I just think of like the old Western like <laughs> like gun battle music. <laughs> Except you look and it's just this scared little blob a behind little a less, tree. <laughs> yeah, not like you're about to do a duel. But... um. Uh, a tumbleweed okay. rolls by and he just hops on. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they duke it out right there in the woods. Um, yeah, I'm wondering what the what what specific kind of pitch this whistle would have been. You hear it randomly out in the woods and it's... Is it like somebody whistling at you or is it more like a buzzing? Hmm. I wonder. I don't know. He doesn't specify. Um but he does clarify in the statement that uh, he says peering that the thing that the thing was peering from him behind the at him from behind the tree, but it actually had no eyes that he could make out. Always comforting. Yeah, something Always. looking like it's looking at you without eyes. I don't eyes. care what it is. You, if you take a f- eyes or any kind of facial features off of it, it immediately gets creepy. Oh yeah. If you take any kind of toy or doll or you ever seen those photos where they'll just crop out a face of like a dog mm-hmm. or anything like that? Just immediately creepy. Like something, it, it's like it triggers something in you, like is wrong. Well, yeah, not just people. Like, I mean, with people, it does immediately dehumanize them. But it, with ever any living thing, if you take away the things that make it look like it's alive or the characteristics of, I don't know how to put well, it. I know this thing's like a blob. It's not essential. It's not what you would usually associate with a living thing. Yeah. But if you see something that's moving like a living thing, everything we know that is living has at least some kind of a facial feature that you can draw to. Something. So when it doesn't have that and it's moving like it's alive, automatically makes me want to run for the hills. And it's bigger than just a plastic bag floating in the wind. Ah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Maybe this had like a really big store there and like Costco it's got like, the gallon-sized bag that's yeah. like hung up on a on a on a branch. Oh, no. no, like oh, it was like a trash bag. What if it was just a trash bag? Could have been. I mean, and then and then if there's like a hole in it any certain way, and the wind goes through it, and that there's makes the whistle. a little whistle. We cracked the case. We cracked the. It was just a trash bag. But it was in the sixties. Did they have plastic <laughs> trash bags in the sixties? I. Mm, we almost had it. So well, I don't know. Hmm. We still cracked the case. <laughs> Um. Okay, so he couldn't make out any eyes on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and choosing caution over curiosity, the two cousins went back to uh, Hellenbach's parents' home. Good call. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't... I mean, you've got a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and it's something that doesn't have eyes. And I mean, it's either... You think it's alive. Poke it with a stick or run, and I think running's a better choice. Yeah. If it's at night in the woods in New York, I'm not staying around. Um, and then that's that's the end of Hallenbach's um, encounter, which supposedly. is the first known. Yes, yeah, so that's the for first one, one of three that we've got at least for you. 
Yeah. So Ryan's gonna Ryan's got the second one. Okay. Well, first off, let's talk about that first one just a little bit. Yeah. You know, like how how valid do you think it is? Do you think do you think he actually saw something, or do you think he was just a kid making some stuff up? Well, it'll give us a whole lot to go on. Um, like we said, it it was is easy enough or quick enough for us to break it down and say it could have been something else entirely, like a trash mm-hmm. bag in the in the tree. But it is a ten, like a memory that's thirty years old from when you were ten. Yeah. So it's not going to be quite as descriptive mm-hmm. as if a I don't know twenty seven year old and up. Saw I'm it. not convinced by any means. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how well these uh, these other two encounters corroborate. corroborate. And just stack up. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. All right. So following the children's <laughs> encounter, um, about two years later in 1964 is when the next, next sighting of the Kinderhook blob happened. So on the evening in question, an unnamed man was taking a leisurely hike through the woods when he saw what he later described as a big white blob gliding down the hill toward him. Gliding, gliding. Okay. Yeah, the motion of this thing from from the different research and accounts that I've read on it, I can't really figure out how this thing moves around, and that's. I feel like if you can figure that out, you can almost figure out what it is, or at least what kind of thing it is. Because some people talk about it gliding around, some people talk about it hovering, some people talk about it um, just kind of blobbing its way around around town yeah hallenbeck didn't say anything about it like floating no necessarily no just peering peering around a tree peering around a tree like like scared casper or something yeah yeah um a more friendly ghost <laughs> scared ghost <laughs> so yeah the way and i believe one count even says that it was they heard tramping like a, a trampling yeah, down. I think that's the th- uh, third one. We'll get there. But. Right. So the motion of this thing, it's really up in there. It's probably the most um, most difference in descriptions that you see between them is the motion of it. Yeah. So. Which which isn't huge, but. Yeah. So it either implies either someone kind of had it wrong or was just kind of, that was their, like some people might say hovering and gliding would be the same thing mm-hmm. where other people think it's completely different and you're just kind of like picking things up too much apart or well, I'm like i'm like if the thing isn't necessarily touching the ground then it, it is it is floating mm-hmm. it is hovering it is gliding like yeah. it's all of those things some people would lump all those and then other people they they would probably pick it apart a little bit too much like oh well gliding you know and uh, implies different things than just hovering would um yeah and if you're throwing tramp trampling into the mix then maybe there's a possibility of maybe this thing can change its density and maybe it's light as air one minute, and then it's normal weight of a man the next. Well, if it can change its form, that's that's we're definitely talking blob. something. Yeah, it is a blob. Maybe it's going that's from true. like like gaseous to solid, plasma-ish, or whatever it's gooey. made out of. I don't know. No, no, that's weird. That's why we. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next next encounter. So we're in 1964. Uh, we had a anonymous man walking through the woods when he saw the blob mm-hmm. now the spectral entity frightened the fellow so much that in an effort to escape the floating fiend he leapt over a pond that measured about six feet across which is pretty good jump that's jump that's yeah. that's, that's 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 like some, track and field long distance. jump in there yeah which i mean you know people do some crazy things when they're in fear mm-hmm. so not too 
too surprised by that. It is a good jump, but it's definitely not un un. No, it's not unprecedented. Yeah. While we might not know the name of this amateur long jumper, we do know that the frightened fellow managed to muster up enough courage to come back later, this time with a friend. The anonymous duo arrived with pitchforks and shovels, as you should, because you don't go back empty-handed. And if you can't get your hands on a gun... Although, like, if I saw a blob, I don't know how much I would trust a gun with it anyway. I don't know how much better a pitchfork or a shovel would do. I'm not going to put stock in any kind of weapon in a... But at least with, like, a shovel, maybe you can, like, shovel bits of it apart and split it. (laughs) Whereas with a gun, you're just shooting holes in a blob. Yeah, that's true. Well, the only thing that I would give the gun is range. Yeah. So you don't have to necessarily get as close to... True. Whatever it might be. I'd probably just throw rocks initially. Yeah. See if it goes through it, or... (laughs) Just see what happens. You never know. Yeah. Here here a splash. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, liquid? Floating liquid? (laughs) So they arrived with shovels and pitchforks, ready to confront whatever this thing would be. Uh, Without warning, they froze in their tracks, and reportedly their faces became white as a sheet. One man was so petrified and silent, he pointed toward the white shape, which appeared to be defying the laws of gravity by maneuvering through the high branches of the trees. Yeah, it was coming down the hill when the single guy was there. Mm Mm-hmm. He goes back and gets a friend, comes back. Now it's in the trees. So he initially said gliding, gliding mm-hmm. down the hill. Mm-hmm. And now he said it's defying the laws of gravity uh-huh. and moving through the trees. Both friends suddenly drained of their courage, dropped their weapons, and ran in the opposite direction. Again, good move. That's the end of the second encounter. So that's the sen- second. You know, guy's walking through the woods, sees this blob, freaks out, grabs a buddy. I'm surprised he even came back at all. Yeah. Um, Ballsy. Yeah. Grabs a buddy to come back and, I don't know, take care of this thing somehow. Yeah, what did they think they were going to do? I don't know. Everybody gets so defensive or offensive at first. I just think it's funny the immediate reaction is kill. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, like, communicate. Or, yeah, or figure out what the thing is or... Yeah. Because if you come at something with a pitchfork... I don't care what my initial intention is. I'm, I'm going to hurt you back. Yeah. Well, I mean, whether or not it understands whatever the thing is and understands your intentions. Like, I'm not saying you should go up and like try to shake its blobby hand because your hand might melt from whatever it's made out of. But, but I'm pretty sure a pitchfork is going to scare the thing. Maybe just yelling, hey, might, you know. Something. <laughs> try to talk to it at least. Something. Before you come at it like an angry mob. All, all we were missing was that one guy with the torch. I know. That probably would have been the best thing, honestly. Now, yeah. fire never loses. Never. Just have because you could have thrown fire on it, and it, it could have evaporated, or just smoldered away, and you've been done. Whatever, whatever, like crazy abnormal thing is in any of the movies, like throughout time, it's it's more often than not, it's like fire. Or something mm-hmm. that they don't understand and are scared to death of that we can control. Well, even if it understood what fire was. I still think it just would have been the best method to kill it. Oh, yeah. Although we're talking the Kinderhook Woods and throwing fire is probably not the best idea. Definitely Listen not. to Smokey and it's don't start dry, It's been a dry times. year, but yeah. this is 1960. And we're talking New York, and there's plenty of rain that way. Yeah. Um, but still, probably not a good idea to throw, throw no. torches in the woods. No. But you never know. If you got a white blob coming towards you, you don't think you throw the torch. True. 
Or so, you go grab a pitchfork, I suppose. I'm more partial to a trident myself. A trident? You like the three? Yeah. Three prong? And it's a little fancier, you know. You got a little barbed hooks. A little, a little classier. You're talking like... Got a little class. King Tritons? I'm Triton? talking Aquaman status here. Aquaman. I mean, I might and while some, we're talking about damage. Tridents, I love the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. One of my favorite movie <laughs> series of all time. But the Trident I felt they used in in, in the last movie, Dead Man, Tell No Tales, mm-hmm. was not impressed by it. Where did they use that? It was at... We digress. But it was at the... It was at the <laughs> and it was what they were trying to get, because if you break the Trident, all the curses in the ocean got removed. Oh, that way, Will yeah. Turner could not have to... Pirate the Dutchman, like splitting the ocean. Which we should probably do a Dutchman episode one day. That'd be fun. Yeah, but yeah, it looked like a hunk of coral, and I wasn't impressed by it. Loved the movie, wasn't impressed by that. Yeah, but Trident's what I'm going <laughs> at the blob with, guys. Okay, <laughs> your weapon of choice. Yes. So the third encounter, Jordan, tell us about it. Um, so this one happened in the same year, 1964. While or others, did it? Yeah, that was, this is the weird one. Interesting. So this one, there's debate on whether it was in 64 or I think it's 14 years later. That is a huge time gap. Yeah, for a specific 14 story. years? 1964 and 1978, or that's 14 years. Like, yeah. what? How do you mess up that time frame? Uh, you know, no I don't idea. understand. They don't, okay, so they don't, they don't elaborate there, but I'm, we're going to say but it's hey, 1964. We're, we're not, this is just the urban legends, man. We're just looking for good stories. I know I like the facts. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to go with 1964, same year. We'll forget 17 years later. Um, regardless of the year, uh, this tertiary run-in happened in the late afternoon and involved two youthful campers, Barry Scott and Russell Lee, who were both, both 14 years old at the time. Uh, according to their testimony, the first sign that something was amiss in the woods was when both Scott and Lee heard something tramping down the wooded hills outside of their tent. How a creature that is able to float can also tramp is perhaps one of the biggest mysteries in this case. Tony, man, it's so like, um, like oh, what is it? Uh, My Hero Academia, that mm-hmm. girl that can change the weight of things. Or if it's just like a shape-shifting thing in general and can control its own, like you said, density. I think it's like I think it's got to do with matter. I think it can change like whatever like state of matter it's in. Yeah, I mean it's a plastic bag one moment. It's a <laughs> it's a, a tramping tramping makes me think like horse mm-hmm. or something with hooves. Well, I mean, I just think something something walking through the woods because you can hear the crunching of leaves and things like that. And yeah, it doesn't. It just takes like a man walking through. We're loud as all get out. True. Yeah, I just there's there's intention behind tramping. Like there's they're being loud, and they don't care that they're being loud. <laughs> then the blob the blob just wants some friends peeking out behind the tree, trying to say hi to some kids. Some it thought kids it would are try out camping. It, yeah. it was just like, hey guys, can I join the camp? Should he's just go. hoping that they're not going to come at him with pitchforks pitch and a <laughs> shovel. Otherwise, he's going in the trees. Yeah, he's going to float away because he's a paper bag or plastic bag. That's what it is. Um, the boys peeked outside of their tent and that was when they saw something that their young minds were simply unprepared for. The thing they described was a white hovering being, quote unquote, that was virtually identical to the creature seen by both Hallenbeck, uh, Sherry, and the two unnamed men from the second uh, encounter. 
except in this case, the being looked less like an amorphous blob and more like a prototypical ghost. Hmm. Because, see, that's... When this was first being told, that was where my mind went first. Ghost. Was ghost. I was like, oh, it's just like... Instead of a... It's just a not detailed ghost. Like entity. Yeah. Of some sort. Like, like not, not a... Oh, what do they call those? I hate them. They drive me nuts. Um, the balls that people think are ghosts. Help me out here. Terminology. Uh, the balls that people think are ghosts? What do you mean? Like, like someone will take a picture, and there'll be, like, a ball of light in there, and they're like, that's a ghost. Oh. Yeah, I, I can't think of the name specifically either. I'm on it now. Ghost balls. What do you got for me, Google? Not what I should yeah, have I was typed. Say, probably not your best first search result. <laughs> oh, but the next one's cupcakes. That's nice. Ghost ball cupcakes. Yep. <laughs> not what I would expect. Hey guys, uh, just Ryan jumping in real quick. After checking things out afterward, orbs was the word I was looking for, and I don't know how we forgot that. Um, but yeah, somewhere in between that very not detailed spherical ghost entity mm-hmm. to the oh that's a civil war soldier walking down a graveyard super detailed somewhere like in between that where it's got the size of one but not detailed like the other one is yeah that's what i initially thought i could see that yeah um what if what is what if it's a like a kid no like a ghost kid or like yeah a kid but kid? i don't i don't see i think we've touched on this a little bit but i don't necessarily believe in ghosts not saying I don't think that things are happening. I think it's more demonic, and you shouldn't mess with it. And it's something trying to trick you, thinking it's a 10-year-old kid ghost. And then once you get close, it's like, ha, I'm taking you. And you're like, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't mess with that. I don't no. like ghosts either. I only say that they're not real to, um, to satiate my fear mm-hmm. that they're not real. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe this was some kind of like, super bad demon thing trying to act like a 10 year old ghost could be and the kids were smart enough to either run away or grab pitchforks or grab pitchforks i don't know this thing's been hanging out in new york for don't play with kids or ghost kids in the woods they're not ghost kids most likely not if so i would be very sad to hear his backstory how he died maybe (laughs) i don't know um okay so there are accounts of what it looked like um, they said that they agreed in that it in saying that it floated more than it walked. So for the most part, people are saying that it didn't necessarily make contact with the ground or mm-hmm. have feet of sort, um, but floated. And they, but they each saw somewhat different images. Uh, Barry, arguably, arguably the more pragmatic of the two i'm believing i I assume he's the older one uh said that he saw oh no they were both 14 but anyways he said that he saw a bell-shaped white being Mm -hmm. i'm assuming that just means like maybe curved at the top and then spreading outwards so so almost like a typical ghost yeah i just picture this the liberty bell yeah liberty bell Mm -hmm. like your typical ghost costume where it's got the head and then they kind of like spread out the arms or something yeah so typical ghost sighting. Um, uh, but the other one, Russell, he said that it looked a little bit more like the Virgin Mary. How do you feel about that? Uh, 
I'm assuming that's just in relation to maybe personal experience. See, I don't think that's actually too different of of descriptions. And kind of like relating to per- personal experience, like you said, like maybe maybe he had more of a uh, religious background exactly. than the other kid. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if anyone's seen statues of the Virgin Mary, but she usually, she usually has her arms out uh-huh. and has long draping robes that drape down, so it's small head go out to the shoulders, long drapes down. So yeah. to me it's that's pretty bell like. Well, I like how they say that <laughs> I like how they say that the other kid that kind of just gives a description of like a typical ghost. Mm-hmm. They're saying that he's more sensible than the guy who's like, "Oh, it looks like looks like Virgin Mary to me." <laughs> I don't know. Um with the Virgin Mary often being depicted as having flowing white robes, as you were saying, mm-hmm. perhaps the boy's descriptions are not really all that dissimilar. Whatever the thing may or may not have been, moments after they saw it, the rippling beast disappeared in the dense thicket, leaving the teens perplexed and more than a little frightened. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. lacking a photograph or even an eyewitness sketch of the Kinderhook blob, which I'm assuming you could kind of just doodle on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Which if you check the source, and we'll leave a link to it um, on the companion blog, creepycampfirepodcast.weebly.com. Um, there is a, a description or a, I'm sorry, a sketch that's been created based off of the the first description we read. Which I have to say, I'm looking at it right now and it looks like a cross between a mountain and a mountain with like a sheet on it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a... It's a blob. It's like a just a convex shape. Like yeah. A triangle with a, that looks like it has a cloth over it. Um... So it's diffi- uh, not having really any physical evidence. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's difficult to even attempt to classify what what it what it was, what the wraith-like being could have been. Nevertheless, speculation and hypotheses are half of the fun in these genuinely bizarre cases, which I wholeheartedly agree with. That's Absolutely. why we're doing this. That's exactly why we're doing this. Because sometimes it's just like whether or not these things are real. We don't think that everything we talk about is real. Uh, but it, we do it because it's fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's fun to, uh, like, okay, what if it is real? Then how how would this play out? It's just fun to think of something that's, whether it's real or not, it's just, just a minor distraction from real life. Yeah. It's a fun little, fun little side venture. Of course. For us and, and for all of you joining yeah. us. Um, taking so, the time out of your day, we do appreciate it. Absolutely. And I don't know if, if you're like me, I, I'm an exterminator, and I'm outside working all day, and I mm-hmm. just just podcast binge yeah. all day at work, and it just makes things go faster, and that's that's why we like to do this. So if mm-hmm. you're doing chores, on your way to work, if you're actually in work, as long as it's nothing like surgery that you need to focus. Yeah, don't <laughs> um, be, yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. But that's, why, well, that's why we enjoy it. Um, so that's the Kinderhook Blob. There's not too much mm-hmm. to it, but that's what I want these Urban Legends episodes to be more about. Things that are, they maybe not have the resources that we can look them up and make them full hour, hour and a half long episodes. Yeah. But it's still fun to talk about. We want to mention it, um, especially that might be a little bit more obscure. Like I never, never had heard about this, but because I was like, okay, I got to find something for the state of New York. I started trying to dig up anything I could find on it and, and I learned about this and it was cool. Yeah. Well, and like you said, we're trying to make these more like specifically things that you would more often hear around a campfire. Yeah. So, guys, if you have anything you want us to talk about or if, if there's some good urban legends in your area, mm-hmm. um, you can reach us at creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. 
um, send us your stories. We want to hear about them. Um, even if it's just you want to tell us, we'd love to read them. Um, we'd love to put them on the show, of course, only with your permission. You know, Definitely. Maybe maybe we can even interview you if you're down with that. We can have a little on-the-air on the interview. Well, and getting to a comment that we recently received. Um, you know, let's let's go ahead and read that comment. Yeah. Let me let me pull that up for us. And if you if you leave us comments, um, we we are absolutely about reading them on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we are a little behind because sometimes iTunes can there can be a little bit delay in it, or if we get to the point where we just have too many. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, one day. But for right now, we're going to read them until we hit that point. So from Dominic LPZ, we got, I think maybe once a month you guys should do personal stories. Like Ryan said, they're more believable. Jordan's story feels like a scene from American Horror Story. I think that's awesome. Um, he's referring to our Lada Ween special uh-huh. where Jordan gave a, a very interesting trick-or-treat Grizzly. story that you should go check out if you haven't yet. It's like a fun time, yeah. Uh, um, thanks, definitely, Dominic. Definitely didn't pull that from American Horror Story, but uh, it is it is the best memory I have of that that occasion, that event in my life. It was you know, go go and listen. Just yeah, go, just go, go and listen. listen to that one. And we we would love to put more of our own personal stories on here. We just don't have that many. <laughs> we don't, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but we we don't. Um, if we get any new ones, best believe they'll come on here. Oh yeah. Uh, but that's why we want you guys' help. Don't mm-hmm. be shy. Like we we not we're not going to judge anyone. We just if you saw a UFO, if you've seen Bigfoot, if the Men in Black came to your door, like anything, just just shoot us an email. Mm-hmm. Like, again, that's creepy campfire podcast at gmail dot com. So I think that does it for this episode of uh, the Urban Legends. Wraps up the mini-sode. Yep. Next week we've got, uh, I'm doing werewolves. werewolves, which I had to put push back a little bit, but it's going to be worth the wait. So I'm doing, been boning up on my werewolves. Yes. So. Lots of content. Yeah. Is there anything else? Uh, oh, uh, check out the Facebook. Jordan, what's our Facebook right now? Uh, creepy Campfire, Campfire Stories. Um, just You can just look that. You can search out on Facebook and... I'll pop up our page. Yeah, I'll um, add a, I'll add the link into our the description notes of the episode. Yeah, Ryan uh, Ryan actually did a killer uh, our insignia like our, our podcast insignia on a pumpkin for Halloween. Oh just yeah, put that, just put that right. picture up there as our profile pic. Awesome, but. and we're working on Instagram. Instagram, um, yeah, probably up by next, if not next, and one after after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things are going good. We're the cramp the cramp fire, the campfire yeah. is growing, um, and we just hope to keep growing it. And the best way to do that is just word of mouth. Just if anyone else you know is into this kind of stuff like just let them know like hey i got a good podcast you can listen to just to kill some time um spread us on social media we really appreciate it well and it's and it's just sorry just a side note just it's so it's way it's so encouraging to see any sort of response like the comments you leave seeing how many people from different states are actually tuning in or downloading us um that's i mean that's not the only reason why we're doing it we're doing it because it's fun for us too but no that's cool but like that's another just major form of motivation for us to yeah to give quality episodes so not cool. just like hop on and to see you guys actually uh taking part though and and listening in with us and participating with yeah, your comments it's, it's it's amazing yeah uh, we appreciate it absolutely so until next next time listeners uh, hold on guys uh, can't crap out the intro (laughs) (laughs) so until next time listeners remember stay stay toasty. toasty